Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. What? I have, a, I have a green light right now, so it says it's up. <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. But um, Omri was saying he has to accept it. We're live. We're live on YouTube. Shut up. We're live. Yeah. We're freaking live. We're live on YouTube. What's saying. up, everybody? After all this? We're live. We've been live on YouTube. We've been live. We've been live on YouTube for about a minute now. All right. But it's, it looks like the camera show. is only on me. Are we? Just wait. It's I'm switching. So you're the only one talking right now. So. Yep. Oh, there he is. There's Mick. I'm in here too. There's Mick. Hey. All right. What's so up? we're live. Hello, everybody. Wow. Caught me unprepared a little bit here <laughs> after a freaking 40 minutes. Apologies of, uh, uh, to the, uh, for to the technical the- difficulties here. Um, Going to be a quick one today. <laughs> Yeah, so we were supposed to be live on Gas Digital yep. freaking, what, 40 minutes ago? 42 yes, minutes 42 ago? 42 minutes ago. Hey, time uh, is money, man. Time is money, baby. Time is money. So let's get right to it. At six foot three, 200 pounds, and every single speed one of them is a Come on. The, the Master of Punks, the Tamer of Sages, the King of the Ring, the Great One himself, Big Papa... Daddy Vindaloo? Uh, so big, it's big. not Vindaloo, it's bro. Vindaloo. That's a, in, that's an Indian dish. That, that that's I think why it makes sense. <laughs> I don't eat that. No, nah, I don't eat that. You no. know what I mean, bro? Go curry Vindaloo. Nah, that's not a that's not that's not even a real thing. Well, anyway, this is go the, curry. the great one, the greatest one, mm. Mickey Gall. How you doing today? Thank Mick? you, sir. Yes. I'm doing very well. I'm not, but we're gonna power You're through. You're right. You know what? I was autopilot. That was completely autopilot answer. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pissed. Yeah. In the booth, we've got the great Ben Castro. How you doing today, Ben? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Thank you for asking. And I am, of course, Thicky Smalls, the MC of this great show, Thick and Slick. I am the thick to his slick. It is the funniest man you never heard of, Gerard Michaels. And we have so much cool stuff that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, Napoleon Hill a little bit, outwitting the devil. We're going to talk uh. about is Airbnb done for? We're going to talk about what? why the youth is disappointing me so much. We are? but Yes. And but I'm, before I'm... we get into any of that, yo, what about those fights these weekend? That this weekend? What, <laughs> what about those fights? That what about weekend? words being hard to say? <laughs> what about the words coming out of my mouth? Yeah. What about the mouth noises I make? Mouth noises. Yeah, bro. Uh, John Bones Jones, mm. the Lord of the Cage, Return of the King. So we'll, I guess we just we start with that one. We start with with uh, best to with ever. Bones. Do it, hands down. You've been asking me about ring rust. Uh, I may have overestimated the effect. What I tell you of about ring rust? rust? You said it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think that's fake. You it's don't think? An excuse. You think it's an excuse? I think there's something to it. You, the more active you are, you can, you know what I mean? You're used to the, you can, you can definitely, uh, you know, acclimate better by being, staying regular. But at the same time, like, if you're that guy, you're, you're going to be that guy. You got, and you got to be able to be that guy. The best fighter in the world is the best fighter in the world at 9 a.m., at noon, at night, mm. this month, that month, the next month, a year yeah. later. You know what I mean? You, you he's, could, he's, John, he's John Jones. He's you the couldn't best. create the best. a better fighter in a lab. The, the size, the length, the wrestling, the stamina, good, the striking. And, and the thing that I think is 
most impressive, and again, I'm just a normie, so I'd love your your perspective on this. I've never seen him in a position where he didn't look like he knew exactly what to do. I've watched the guy fight for, it feels like, 15 years, right. and he has beaten everybody to the punch. And although there's nothing I love more than getting uh, normies' opinions on fighting, because mm-hmm. um, that's my favorite, mm-hmm. like especially like at the bar this weekend. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, love yeah. Wa- love watching with a bunch of civilians. Yes, you know, really, for really, sure. It's really, really fucking fun. Uh, it's less fun. Yeah, you not think? a big not a big fan of the bar scene during the fights. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. That's uh, yeah, man. No, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting. But uh, so here's the thing. Everyone's uh, I guess kind of surprised. John Jones finished the fight that quickly. Mm-hmm. You know who else is? John Jones. Really? He didn't plan on finishing that fight that quickly. It's it's just you know what it's like, bro. It's like that fight uh, is very akin to a chess match, where you saw I saw how how hard John put him down when he wrestled him, how he flattened him out, put him put him down. Cyril Gon didn't want to lose his queen, so he was keeping his back to the fence. Wanted to get up, wanted to disengage, but kept his back to the fence. Didn't want to get you know get Jones on his back all the way on top of him, so he kept using that sit up little technique with his back in his cage, but what he did was the cage created another kind of lever mm. for John. So John went to that uh, guillotine. If that cage isn't there, Cyril can go back, defend, do different things. Yep. But that cage is there. He he stuck himself. He was trying to protect his queen. That bishop kept moving in, moving in, moving in, and then, you know, the king got hatched. Yeah. Snatched. Things just happened so quick in there, I would imagine. Yeah, and that's you the thing. Like, like John, the window. Uh, John's game plan wasn't uh, guillotine him round one. Yeah, you know it's it, it, the fight. It's and people talk about game plans a lot. You have a game plan, but it's you take it as you come. Mm-hmm. If you follow, you know that path, and you're in that right zone, and you're in that flow state, and everything's working proper, like you'll you'll take it when it comes, and you'll you'll make it. You know what I mean? And that's what happened there. He John John was was not expecting this fight to be that short, um, and neither was anybody else. So he, I think you know everyone's saying they were surprised. I'm telling you, John was just as surprised as everyone else. You know, what I mean, it's it's nice when it goes that quickly. We we don't get paid by the hour, <laughs> um, but that yeah, I thought it was gonna be a I thought it was gonna be a boring early couple rounds. I thought John was gonna want to more pull Cyril and get Cyril to get a little aggressive mm-hmm. uh, to then wrestle. I thought wrestling was gonna be John's biggest path to victory. You said that on Friday, yeah. His his wrestling and his uh, you know, like his grappling, like we saw Ngannou wrestle Cyril. Cyril gone, yeah. you know, and Jones is a way more high caliber wrestler than uh, Francis. It was very so. interesting listening to John um, on Thursday and Friday leading up to the fight, talking about how uh, he just doesn't get the hype. Like, this guy's supposed to be the fastest guy. He's like, I don't see it. I, I, I he said, I, he doesn't have the the stamina. You know, he, he got he got tired and he got slow against Ngano, and Ngano is not the wrestler. He was so matter of fact in his assessment of who Gon was, and then he went out and did exactly what he was going to say. I mean, that's got to be a very powerful feeling to, like, see the guy exactly for who he is, go out and do it, and, you know, make the guy look like almost a a rank amateur when this is one of the top three, four heavyweight fighters in the world. Well, I think people sleep on John Jones' intelligence. Um, Not just, like, his fight IQ, but I think just he's he's an intelligent guy. Like, I think, you know, the crazy stuff and the shenanigans and the, you know, Get himself locked up and get himself in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of take away from that, and it's it's he's a perfect example of you know someone who had who's exceptional in in one thing and and deficient in other aspects of life. That's that's you know the the human balance. 
you know? Could it be argued part of what makes him great is what makes him susceptible to that? I mean, you know, that kind of idea of, you know, he, he needs a target, and if there's not a target in front of him, he becomes his own target? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely his own worst enemy, you know? He, he The only person who ever beat John Jones is John Jones. Yep. You know, whether he... Um, he didn't follow a rule in the cage or he didn't follow a rule out on the streets. That's right. His one loss came from a DQ. Yes. That he was dominating. Had the guy mounted, was dropping uh, elbows. Is it safe to say that he is not just the greatest MMA fighter of all time? He is now probably the greatest fighter of all time? That's a good question, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to... I mean, you got to think about, God, like, you know... Floyd Mayweather, I I I kind of think so because if you if we're taking a fighter, like if we're really talking about six it, foot we're, four we're talking about six foot five, right? Like yes, pounds. would he would would John Jones beat up Muhammad Ali in a fight? Yes, would he beat him in a boxing fight though? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you know, would he go and beat Tyson Fury in a boxing match right now? No, but would he beat the shit out of him in a real in a street fight mm-hmm. for sure? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, when you say fighter. You're saying like combat sports sure. athlete? Yeah. He's he's definitely one of the most decorated. Yeah. But um, now there's like some Navy SEAL out there. It's like, yeah, does John Jones know how to use night vision? So like yeah, define fighter. <laughs> right. Well, if, we, if, we're, if we're using technology, yeah. then uh, that could change a lot of things. A gun's the biggest yeah. superpower you can have right yeah. there. There's some five oh, you want foot a fighter? four. There's some, yeah, there's some nerd who'll snipe him from down the yeah, block. There's a five foot know? four, 120 pounder that knows how to use. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting as uh, as... I would have more trepidation with Ryan Montgomery having access to my server than with John Jones in a, in a cage for three minutes. Huh. <laughs> and I'll be a dead. Neither one of them is an ideal situation, right? But right. I mean, yeah. Hey guys, are we live? Yeah, I think we're live, man. But that's so awesome. Yeah, we are live. All right, we are live, boys. Sick. So we got Chef. Chen- right, we have Shevchenko. That hey, now- hey, uh, Omri, you have some of my picks that I made f- uh, from the. The podcast why, before it? Well, yes, I do, Mick. Uh, you said you said that Jones was going to win. Right. Yep. You you said that it's hard to bet against Shevchenko, but that uh, Grosso is a very live dog, and you might want to throw some money on that in case you can make something wow, that happen. Was pretty smart of me to say that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a yeah, little bit of a hedge because he still took Shevchenko, but he's like, <laughs> I can see why you'd take Grosso, and Grosso with the comeback there. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I thought I was very impressed with Grasso's jiu-jitsu, the way she finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's more known as a boxer, like tough Mexican chick, good, good with good hands, mm-hmm. you know. But she capitalized. Canelo Grasso over there. The word was capitalized, bro. She threw Shevchenko threw that spinning kick. She hopped on her back yep. and. Uh, was it? So we're hanging out at, at Rashad Evans' bar, hanging out, watching the uh, watching the fights. And what does it feel like for you being a fighter there, listening to everybody screaming at the TV for what Shevchenko should be doing in that situation? And then, you know, the the apoplectic nature of them with how do you tap from that? She's not even on the neck. Yeah. What are you doing? Crazy. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, both of those girls would beat up the whatever guy in that <laughs> bar probably who was who was saying that. I mean, pe- yeah, it's, people don't. It's the same thing with any other sport. I just think it, it, like you take it a little more personal with fighting because it's like a little more uh, extreme. Yeah. But yeah, for 
you know, it's like in football. What is he doing there? Like, yeah. what kind of effort is that? Or what kind of this is that? What kind of catch that? the ball? It's, yeah, catch get, the ball. Hit you in the hands. He's gonna get hit anyway. Yeah. What are you getting worried about going over the middle? Who cares? Who cares? Catch the freaking ball. That's yeah. what we pay you for. That's it. You know. Yeah. Um, the yeah, one no, that that's just stupid because, and it, it it is a lot of like, what it really should be is a credit to Grasso. Yeah. Grasso did that. Yep. Not Shevchenko let this happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> I promise you, like, she didn't want that to happen. Uh-huh. Like, she, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And I promise you, she knows better than whatever, uh, you know, dork at the bar is. So, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm, as a fighter, I'm more impressed by a person who's, like, watching and, like, really, like, watching and internalizing and learning. The guy who's like, this should have been this, this, and this. I'm like... Loser, so be yeah, insecure, doesn't me, know what they're talking about, and is front. And it's just like anything else where some people talk out of school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's too much of that uh, in the world. Well, let me ask you because I mean, from my perspective, it did look like it was you know that it wasn't in deep on the, on the neck. It was across the chin, and I sometimes wonder, and I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. But I sometimes wonder if when people train, they train. It's almost like you talked about chess before. It's like checkmate. All right, I'll tap. You got me. I'm in, right. I'm in the position. Tap. Right. You know, foot locks. I'm all right. Tap. But there, nobody ever really takes it to that point where, like, you know, they get blacked out or like. I wonder if who the, doesn't. I, I don't know if people train all the way. to I've been that. choked out dumb so many times really? at the gym. Yeah, it actually, it it's it actually uh it actually feels kind of good. You it's uh, you it, you almost like get high like you uh well, yeah, there's been so many times restricting blood to the brain where it's I've been like no choked out and and yeah. like right as I'm like about to go out like uh, I I would I would tap um and I remember just staring up at like the halogen lights or whatever mm-hmm. it is and just you're just lying on the ground staring but like nothing makes sense oh you know yeah what I mean like well like why like I, you're just not like I'm just I'm just staring but like I'm like <laughs> what am I doing like I don't know who I am I don't know what I'm looking at and then it all comes back and you just pop right back up and yeah. you're back to back to business say it's not that bad for you it's not really bad for you either getting getting choked Mickey I I have a question about John Jones and this might be a pedanting thing for me do you make a distinction between greatest fighter and best fighter cuz I think that it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry that he is the best fighter we've seen but in my opinion greatest has to be as a person. And when you look at greatest, you have to look at what they did outside the cage too. Do you think that's do you think that's a fair take or do you think that's wrong? Yeah, I think it's a fair take. I, I think uh I th- it's definitely it's definitely a fair take. But yeah, you wanna when you look at just like a man in any anything, you wanna yeah, you could look at someone who did a you know, did a good job of something, but you also want to know about that man's character. Because that you know his his morals, what what he actually does means means a lot. So if you if you look at it that way, and I don't know everybody so well, but if I had to pick uh, a goat from that standpoint, probably got to go GSP. That dude's been thorough, humble, kind. Yeah, things that are important to me throughout his career. But yeah, John Jones is a. Uh, it's a BMF, bro. Yeah, to, to that point, may not be the best fighter of all time, but one of my favorite fighters of all time for sure will always be George Foreman, similar to that, just because I like him, you know? He's a knowledgeable guy. He's a funny guy. He seems like a, you know, kind of a family man. I You know, plus, he, you know, power puncher. May not be the best fighter of you all time. You know, he named all his kids George. That's he, right. Even the girls, like Georgina, yeah. Georgette. Yeah. George, George, and George. Gotta love it. Yeah, Houston, I like that. Houston, shit. Texas. What I think, was it, 44? Uh, Kimbo did that, too. Did he? Yeah. Um, I know uh, Baby Slice, but I think like oh, they're all named like Kevin, Kavina, 
<laughs> like really? All, yeah, I think I think they're I think so. Yeah, that's that's just shit we can't pull off as a white guy. I'm about to pull that shit off. Mickey, yeah. Mickey, 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 Mixter, Mixter, <laughs> Micarella, Michaela, Michaela. There you go. Maybe you can pull it off. Yeah, you know, big night. I think um, and we so, are a little we're a little strapped so, for time, unfortunately. But big night for Killcliff, huh? Yeah. So we had Ian Gary, we, and we also had, we had uh, four guys fighting each other. We had Esteban fighting Loic, who put on a unbelievable performance. Uh, Loic won a decision. Both uh, cool guys uh, early in the card. Uh, I told y'all, I told y'all, it wasn't a huge take, but I said, Ian Gary, maybe mortgage your house on it. Almost you almost, lost l- the You house. almost might have lost the house real quick, but <laughs> m- my boy straightened out, got the job Plus done. Plus 800. Yeah. That would have been the upset. That would have been, been a tremendous upset. But, uh, you know, he found a way. Got it done, mm-hmm. and then ended it in super impressive, strong fashion. Um, we had uh, Mark Andre Barriot. He won. Um, beat Julian Marquez, and uh, we had Brunson fighting Drykus. Uh, and Brunson retired today. Is that right? Yeah, Brunson retired. So, wow. Hats off to Derek Brunson. What a you know what an amazing career. Cool dude, good guy. Um, and then Shavkat, Shavkat. So, so what? What were my picks, man? Where, where, where was I right? Where was I wrong, Omri? Uh, you were wrong about Shevchenko, and other than that, that's about it. Yeah, I called. That's about it. On. You said you said that you wouldn't. You said that you wouldn't call uh, Derek versus uh, Drikas. Yeah, Drikas, Drikas. Uh, you said that for you, that's a that's a coin flip. But other than that, you took where you took your pick. You took your shot. Yes, sir. That's what's up. Congratulations, Mickey. <laughs> Anyone who followed my advice maybe made some money this weekend. Hopefully. Hopefully they made a dollar or two. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of... We're uh, start doing more of that. I don't... I, see, and I don't claim... Again, I, I don't claim to be like a great picker of fights. Even if, if I don't know them, it's like it's hard for me to say. And if I do know them, it's also hard to not be biased. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll do some more picks and stuff. You know what I mean? Hey. My little, my little ex- expert advice. Yeah. We'll, oh. do, we'll do them off air like we do everything else. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> it's, hey, it's just nice to be talking to you live. I've, I like for, I've sort of resigned myself that this wasn't happening. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're here. We got it done. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, hey, I just got a little text from uh, Catherine Narducci. She got- uh, I do have a question for you from the chat since it's already been 15 minutes. Uh, this this came from uh, uh, C. Dumps earlier uh, when we C. were Dump? just trying to C. Dumps. Uh, she was asking about you guys. How long have you been friends? How'd you meet? How did that happen? Uh, so yeah, I got this one, uh, G. And then we'll Go start getting it. into some of these, uh, some of these things. So, um, I'm a I'm a big uh, like uh, like organized crime kind of mafia junkie. And I was watching this uh, interview with uh, Sammy the Bull on Patrick Bet David's show, and uh, I'm 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 listening to this big dude talk. And he starts talking about uh, it was like around the like pandemic time and stuff. He started just talking about the the injustices and the wild shit and like the people who are doing things the right way. And I I, I just thought he was uh, he was talking a lot of power to the people. And I uh, if if I I've probably listened to thousands of podcasts. The only person I ever reached out to on on one was was Big G over here. And I just shot him a message. Was like, Yo, bro, keep talking the way you're talking. People need to hear that shit. I think that was like it. Um, then you hit me back. We became friends, yeah. uh, you know, like online friends. And then, yeah. you know, we're both Jersey boys. We're both down here in Florida. Um, 
We linked up down here, went and got Ichiyama. Yeah, I said he owed me dinner because I bet against him in the CM Punk fight. Which I don't see how I owe him dinner. Yeah, you lost me a couple dollars. You messed up on that one. <laughs> that was my cynicism. That was my cynicism going, oh, this is a work. Yeah. This is a work. Yeah, we got to work on that cynicism, bro. <laughs> we got to bring, bring more positivity in here. You we know, are. you ever heard that study? We're so positive. You ever heard that study where... I'm uh, so fucking positive. I'm positive the world's going... I'm so going fucking to, positive. Uh, the world's going... I'm positive the world's going to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that study where there a dude had three plants, and one plant, he went over to it and was like... You suck. You're a stupid plant. You're ugly. You're gross. Yeah. Another plant he didn't talk to. Uh-huh. Third plant, he just said, like, you're a beautiful plant. You're strong. You're healthy. Yep. Uh, you're happy. You're you're green. You're beautiful. The one he talked shit to died very quickly. <laughs> the one he, he didn't speak to, like, grew, like, okay. The okay. one he spoke positivity sure. to, flourished, beautiful plant, lived the longest, grew, all really? that shit. We could conduct our own experiment. Yeah. And I, would, I, I hope uh, And I know that the middle plant's known as the control group. So congratulations, <laughs> you, you paid attention in science in fifth grade. This is why I don't trust the science, because I pay attention to science. Science yeah. is wrong all the fucking time. That's that's how it's science. Well, then do your own science. I mean, that, that's stepping it up. All right. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to buy some house plants. Yes. Uh, we're going to, you know, c- cover their ears for most most of, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to sequester them to their own bedroom. You know what we should do? We should put we should put them in different rooms and like just play like Ludovico effect. Just play like Fox News in one room, CNN in the other room. And see, see which plant <laughs> dies the quickest. Yeah, which, see which plant kills itself? See which plant jumps out the window first? <laughs> oh, look, this plant's going to the window. It must want sun. Oh, it's jumping. Oh, it's, oh, yep, it's goodbye. jumping. It's yeah. much. Speaking of, um, there was a study um, that was just put out that, that I found very concerning about people. Uh, now we're talking two years on after lockdowns. Uh, whether or not they thought that the lockdowns and the mandates were harsh, too harsh, just right they thought it was a it was a study um tracking the feelings about the government's reaction to covid across demographics okay and it was startling to me that the 18 to 24 year old group pull this up if you guys can the 18 to 24 year old group did not think the mandates and lockdowns were harsh enough they wanted them harsher they wanted harsher stricter mandates that's um, concerning to me for a couple of reasons. What are it's your thoughts incredibly, on that, first of all? It's, in, it's incredibly concerning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. They're like, yes, no, uh, <laughs> you know, control me more. Control govern, me more. Govern I need, me harder, make, daddy. Go, govern me harder, daddy. Yes, exactly. Govern me harder, daddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Bro. Crazy. It's crazy. Like, take more of my freedom, please. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why are you not doing more? Why? Yeah, why, why, am I allowed to, why am I allowed to walk outside without getting a fucking hall pass? Yeah, so if they did this two years ago, it would almost be excusable because, look, it's youth and they're scared. It's, it, right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, there's a virus. You, we have no idea. We have really no context to understand. Like, it, it's almost excusable. But two years I th- on. I think our youth is uh, a little scared and less left little... Feeling more powerless from, you know, kind of stemming from 9-11. What do you where, mean by that? Where someone, you you know what I mean? Like someone could just come in here and take a big swipe at, you know, a couple of our buildings. And, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it almost can be like a helpless kind of feeling mm-hmm. where people don't, don't feel empowered or, you know, as, as important and special as and capable as okay. we are. You know what I mean? If that's the case, which you may be correct... To the people who feel that way, the 18 to 24-year-olds, let me just ask you one question. Just something to posit, okay? 18-year-olds weren't even alive for 9-11. That's right. 
but if 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 terrorism this is eighteen to twenty four specifically eighteen to twenty four year old the the twenty four to what well, twenty four to thirty nine was the next demographic they were so sli- that's that group twenty five right? to forty nine yeah they they were sli- they they thought it was the the mandates were okay which again drives me out of my mind that two years on everybody isn't sitting here going. No, maybe they're just this like is a bullshit. Think maybe they were afraid they were going to get in trouble if they said otherwise. If if that's the case, doesn't that say even more? Yeah, no, I'm saying regardless of the problem. But here, I can, I can, I can, I could say one thing to the counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they felt, maybe they believed it hook, line, and sinker about stop the spread. Yeah, and they were like, if if these men, if if those two weeks there was armed guards outside everyone's house and everyone was forced to stay in their house. Okay. Maybe it would have nipped it, even so, though that's not, you know, realistic. So if that's the case, if yeah. that's the case, okay, we have evidence of zero tolerance policies in both Australia and China, mm. and they did not work. Didn't and work. this is the biggest problem me is that this is two years on. The information is out there to be objective that Sweden, that did almost nothing, did it correctly. Right. Florida. Natural immunity. That all did that almost shit. nothing. Yeah. Did it correctly. And the the numbers are the, the numbers are there for people that have been screaming at us to trust the science for two years. There's data available to them. So what I'm concerned about is twofold. One, yeah, where's the rebellious youth? The youth is addicted to authority now. What the fuck is that That's about? So lame. That's fucking lame. So lame. Like get out there and fucking go smoke a fucking cigarette under the bleachers with a babe for Christ's sake, you yeah. fucking nerds. Yeah. That's number one. Number two. Beyond that, all right, the data's there. They yeah. this to me is indelible proof of the that the indoctrination is working. When I come in and I talk about propaganda and awareness and why we gotta talk about this shit, that's why. Because there's eighteen to twenty four year olds that may be Mickey Gall fucking fans. And we need to tell them, yo, you're being fucking lied to, my guy. They you, really don't know that. They uh, really can't uh, tell they're being to, lied according to. According to this. According to this, an overwhelming majority of them thought what that the lockdowns that is? did is not go their, hard is it, enough. Is it that their head's in the sand or they're just like, they, they're just rule followers? I think that the media is intensely focused on convincing they're brainwashed. them. If you go on Snapchat, the the news is nothing but, but pro-big government, elite leftist propaganda. Mm. And CNN just came out today, and they're all trying to get ahead. They can feel the, they can feel the news tightening a little bit, so they're starting to throw people to the, to, to the wolves. Fauci's starting to get thrown to the wolves a little bit. New York Post ran, ran an article that said Fauci knew that it came from a lab leak, and here's some, here's some emails that leaked. People are starting to leak e- emails. CNN head, the ex-CNN head, Jeff Zucker, told the CNN anchors not to run with the Wuhan lab leak story because it was a Trump talking point and the anchors are starting to say like hey we wanted to we we knew that this was dumb and that you know that that eating a bat couldn't have done it but our boss so that they're start you're starting to see it a little bit where they're starting, starting to, to come push apart a little pe- bit they're starting yeah. to push some people to the middle and be like hey sacrifice this guy it wasn't yeah, yeah. me i was just following orders right that's the that's always the, the the that's actually known as the good German fallacy. Ah, uh, the good German. Well, back to I, I, I wasn't the Nazi. I was, but they were in charge. I was following orders. They didn't do anything, but, but they didn't do anything Not about me. it. So the youth being, I was just following orders by reporting my Jewish neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just following orders. 
You know, hey, and that's America too. Uh, I know, I know. Remember, that's what I'm saying is crazy. People were calling people calling the cops on people who are outside. You know what I mean? During the these lockdowns, alone people in the ocean, uh, the, the ocean, wild. And the, you go out. They're out there being a spreader. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> dude. It's the insane. Fuck out of here. So for people 18 to 24, I just want to say this, and again, you're gonna keep me from having my diatribe because we're up against the clock today. But guys. Please, I beg you, okay, diversify your media diet. Mm -hmm. Diversify where you're receiving your information from. That's number one. If you get it, if somebody, if, if everybody's saying the same things in the same way, red flag should go off and say, I got I to gotta hear what the other side's saying. How about back to uh, our Napoleon Hill book, Think for Yourselves. Think for yourself. Have your own thoughts. And guys, you authority is not your friend. Trust me when I say this. Authority is there to perpetuate authority. All right? And if you're a rule follower, consider this. You may think you're a good guy for following the rules. 200 years ago, you're sla not. slavery was legal. Freeing a slave was not. If you freed a slave and helped them escape to the north, you were a federal criminal. Legality is not morality. Right. Okay? Very, 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 and you know... Very, very important for our young listeners to hear hear this and, and kind of understand where I'm coming from here. More government is almost never the answer, guys. And you're getting bombarded with pro-government propaganda nonstop. Nonstop, you're getting bombarded with pro-government propaganda. And it's on late night. It's in your comedy shows. It, it's so much that this is the comedians they will let you listen to. There's so many funny comedians. They won't let Shane Gillis on Saturday Night Live. He was good he enough. Made, he made fun of Asian people. Apparently, five years ago, yeah. says a blogger in San Francisco. Which reminds me, redact all of uh, the next few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Marcelo Hernandez, who I worked with at Valuetainment, new, new on on uh, on Saturday Night Live. Very funny guy. Made his whole career making fun of white people. No, even, even though he's he's less pigmentated than me, he's got less melanin than anybody. And he does a whole thing about I'm one of those white passing Latinos. Yeah, that's okay. What's his beef with old whitey? That's what I'm saying. You know, and the idea that he there's had some to like stuff to beef with us about. Sure, there's some stuff to beef with. You know, the, it, the, there's stuff. Who colonized more than the Spanish? That's a good point. Fucking <laughs> Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, Hernan. Yeah, she's a direct descendant of Hernan Cortez. Yeah. What the fuck? Name me name Ben Castro. Name me one Irish colony. I will give you a thousand fucking dollars right now. Name me one colony from Ireland. You know, it's funny. You, me bucks. you mentioned this. You mentioned this last week, and I uh -huh. I looked it up, uh -huh. <laughs> and I believe there's one called the Mulroonist, the Mulrooniest colony. No, we yeah. were colonized. That's Northern Ireland, which is a proxy of the United any in, Kingdom. There wasn't any in uh, Jamaica. No. Um. Let's see, that Jamaica that was uh, English. Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, and it was also a pirate colony as well. The point I'm trying to make. Here, I was trying to get you a thousand bucks, buddy, but uh, sorry, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't pull up anything in time. And on top of all this bullshit, they got you thinking AOC. Cortez, the direct descendant of a fucking colonizer herself, Jenny from the block, she's one of the good guys. She's fighting a good fight against the rich. Nope. Corrupt as shit. 
took money. What? A corrupt politician? Corrupt as shit. She wore that tax the rich dress at uh, at the Met Gala, and it, it turned out. Then she- they got to tax each other because we were just talking about how much uh, Pelosi's worth. Pelosi and McConnell. Pel- Pelosi. All right. So the two kind of um, polarizing heads of the Democratic and Republican uh, Senate. Well, the senator is McConnell. Or Congress. The senator is McConnell, and Pelosi's Congress. Yeah. Right. So Pelosi, her salary yep. is one hundred ninety three thousand dollars a year. Good money. Know what her net worth is? Do I know her and her husband are incredible investors? One hundred ninety six million. Get the fuck out! <laughs> yeah, she like ten x. She she must be good at investments, bro. She should be teaching classes, bro. Um, and then Mitch McConnell, same salary, one hundred ninety three thousand fifty four million. That's a hundred x, by the way. I think. Yeah, if my math is correct. Yeah, yeah, you're right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Hundred x. That's that's good investing. That's that's some. That's she got some a solid I, investing. I, I would like to be connected with her. Uh, her Wolf yeah. of Wall Street guy. Yeah. What would that be? Her investor. Yeah. Bernie Madoff is sitting here going, "For real, I'm in jail. Yeah. I'm the one in jail." He dead. His problem. You know what Bernie Madoff did wrong? Uh, dying. He didn't run for office. Right. Oh, he would have been protected. There you go. Yeah. And McConnell's worth how much? Fifty-four mil. <sighs> Not as good. Not as good. Pretty good on yeah. two hundred grand a year salary. Yeah, just pretty, under. Pretty, pretty, Good. Wild, right? Pretty good. Wonder what that's about. Wonder if there's a lot of money in politics. You think that, there might be some make, money that make things happen, like make you, you know, have to uh, get forced pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. right? Didn't that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forced pharmaceuticals. Oh yeah. Some yeah. companies probably made a lot of money you off know, that. Not only did they make money off of that, but they took taxpayer money to invent those pharmaceuticals, then sold them back to the taxpayers. Oh, at a profit. I'll be gosh darned. During a pandemic. I'll be I'll be GD. How about that? Hey, how about the fact that these uh, war machines huh. are publicly traded companies? Wow. So they take taxpayer money. It almost money. seems like they're being incentive to go to war. Does No, they would never do that. These are the good guys. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I make up. The TV told me this is the good guy. Oh. And the people that don't want to well, go to TV war are the bad it. guys. The people who don't want to go to war are the Nazis, which is weird. Because if I know anything about Nazis, they seem to really like war. But now the people who don't want to go to war, those are Nazis. Right. So I must be a dummy. Yeah, I find I find myself conflicted on this show uh, because I think the war, or uh, I mean, like the fear mongering and trying to make people scared, mm-hmm. is like one of the worst things that the media and everybody does. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like we do that about the media and the people who are doing that. So it's almost like, you know what I mean? It's like they're okay. trying to make you scared, but but we might be making you scared of what they're doing that they, you don't know about. You know what I mean? Like It's I almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. I totally see your point, but I disagree with it because I think that we're speaking truth to power. I they're, agree. They're and I'm all about people, power to the people. They're bullying people and trying to manipulate them, and all we're doing is trying to show them that, hey, it's the wizard behind the curtain. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to go to war. and what? Because if this thing keeps going left, it's going to be American boots on the ground. And, it, it, again, we just have we just have the ability to know a little when bit more. When you say going left, old. you mean like going shit's going sideways? Sideways. Speaking actually sideways. of the left versus the right. Okay. In this case, both work. Kind of, it's a pun. <laughs> In this case, yeah. both work. Yeah. You know, they don't give a shit about us, people. They don't care about us. You know how many people they'd be willing to kill in cold fucking blood to keep their power? 
They don't care about us. This idea that government cares, get out of here. Come on, care about yourself. Care we, about your neighbor. Yeah, we gotta care though. We gotta. We care. gotta care about us. We you gotta, gotta compare. You gotta care about you, your people. Yes. Yes. That's what. Yeah. That's what. Uh, that's what real alphas do. Yeah. Look, and also, hey, out. shout out to your boys who you brought on, uh, my, Ryan Montgomery and Scrappy. Yeah. Because they're not waiting. They're not yeah. waiting for daddy government to save them. They're saving kids. Now people don't 100%, like it. Percent, bro. Yeah. They're. Yeah. No. They're stepping up, and that's. And people That's, are calling them vigilantes. People are like, you got to let the, you, you know, the, the thing do its work. You're actually hurting. This is fruit of the poison trip, blah, blah, blah. Fuck all that. BS. Fuck all that. If they would have they would have stopped this guy six months earlier, how many kids could they have saved? Yeah, man. Yeah, they're being the change they want to see. There's legal and illegal, which I understand. I'm not an anarchist. We need to fucking have some sort of law and order. But there's right and wrong also. Right. And we need to have a moral compass that's based on right and wrong, not legal or illegal, and definitely not left or right. Mm. Definitely not partisan or not. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's insanity. What we're allowing happen where every single issue can get pushed into one camp or the other is is that's the, the ultimate manipulation. And government and, and corporations have been able to hide behind this idea that if you disagree with us, it's racist. Okay, fuck you. Now, don't you think that... That book we're uh, we're both consuming mm. is uh, kind of speaks to a lot of this. It, yeah, it's actually helped me a little bit. Um, it's called Outwitting the Devil. That's right. And it, what's interesting which is by Napole- Napoleon Hill, the same guy who wrote uh, one of my favorites, Think and Grow Rich. And what's interesting about it is it's a hundred years old. Yeah, just it's, about right. It's a hundred years old, and it's in between the First World War and the Second World War, and. So many of the topics he discusses are pertinent to today. So pertinent. The the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about media deception, manipulation, mm-hmm. being able to think for yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 uh, outwitting the devil? Which is speaking of the aforementioned Patrick Ben David, it's one of his favorite books. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, well, first I want to say just about Napoleon Hill in general. Uh, his the, the ideas that are presented in Think and Grow Rich, in three chapters, I got more out of that than I got out of three uh, diff, you know sports psychologists, uh, mental coaches, me- like mentalists, whatever. So, you know what I mean? I got more out of three the first three chapters than I did uh, out of like you know people trying to decipher it. So that's a book you can pick up, you can listen to or read it. Uh, really good. If you had to From, describe it in in one sentence, what what is Think and Grow Rich? Um, your thoughts are powerful beyond your comprehension, mm-hmm. and that if you uh, believe have you know have a definitive purpose, and you believe and you take necessary steps, willing to do what it takes, and you know sacrifice mm-hmm. towards that purpose, the Universe will help connect, um, the kind of those vibrations and those. So if you, it's like that. One of the things is like if you like, you know, have a set amount of money you want. I'm I, I need a, a million dollars in six months, mm-hmm. and you are taking uh, planable action towards that, mm-hmm. and you even put yourself in that so much that you almost can, you can picture yourself like having that, and you you, you could feel like you have that. The universe will connect and make will start will. will uh, correct that and make make it so. It's hard for your brain. Like again, I always talk about the power of the brain. We talk about it with the lady picking up a car. Sure. And there's so much untapped potential in there. 
you know? And that I think that if I mean I don't know if that <laughs> it's more than one sentence, yeah, but there's of, there's a lot to sentences. there's so many there's so many uh like there, there's yeah there's there's so many uh bits of gold and gems in that in that that book. But now without uh winning the devil, they talk a lot about drifters versus non-drifters. Yep. They say hundred out of a hundred people, ninety eight are drifters, which well, means let me stop you there. Just for people that have not read the book, and if you want to read the book, it is. Uh, it's in the setting where a journalist has been granted an interview with the devil, where the, the devil. devil will answer all of the questions that he posits accurately and honestly. Right. Uh, so the the book itself is written as a conversation or like a 60-minute like interview, interview yeah. between a journalist, Napoleon Hill, and the devil. Yeah. And the idea is how can a person... Obviously, out with the devil. How does how does a person not know, fall into the traps that the devil lays? Correct, right. And some of those traps could be, you know, uh, the 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 pleasures of this world. You know, falling into and in, and just kind of uh, following those and not having your definitive purpose and not having your thoughts. You know, like uh, not having a like a, a your own original thought. Just being like mm-hmm. a, a rule follower. Kind of just taking things as they are and, and just going along and just going through the motions. Which is interesting. That was an interesting perspective because he has kind of an anti-religious perspective in the book, but he keeps going back to like the seven deadly sins of gluttony, right, right. avarice. So lust. I, yeah, lust. Yep. Very interesting juxtaposition. So it's clear Napoleon Hill has a very... Um, what would be the right word here? Complicated relationship with religion, which I, as somebody that does myself, uh, you know, I, I find myself constantly searching for God or proof of God, or you know, I want to believe, but I'm agnostic because I, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't ad- adhere to any religion. Well, that's, I guess. and that's one of the things that they say in this book is that like, forget about everyone thinks and any the devil. And this says that religion helps him. Right, yes. He likes to be referred to as his majesty. Um, that uh, <clears throat> religion helps him because people are are just basically going through the motions. They can and hide trying, behind it. And because they're worried about what happens when they die. Yeah. When really the devil is operating here on earth. Yep. You know what I mean? Through um, I'm a good his, guy. Ta- his tactics. And? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I'm a good guy. Yeah, and? But uh, I would say a big p- part of that is um, having the the power of independent thought backed by, by definitive purpose. Mm-hmm. That is, and people who t- you know resist, have discipline, resist uh, the temptations, and follow their own path for their own unique self to do good in the world. Because you got to give to get, mm-hmm. right? So if you're if you're living that way, you're going to be one of the non-drifters. And you and if you are falling into that drifting thing. There's that I forget what they call it, like hypnotic motion mm-hmm. motion where it just it perpetuates itself. You yeah, stay break in the that cycle. You, you stay, stay in that in cycle. cycle until you break the cycle. But you can break this. You can break Create yourself out of the cycle. cycle. Yeah, you you can break out. You can break out today. Yep. You know, it's uh, he, he used the the um, example of of just changing a melody and you change a whole song, change the beat and you change the whole song. It's a, mm. you know very big on vibration. So you know, um, you you had issue with uh, with a few things that he said. I do. I, I think of Napoleon. There, there's so. I like a lot of what he's saying. Right. 
I found the um, the the ex machina of the devil to, to get old after a while, and and I thought you know it's very repetitive in nature, very much so. Um, and I think that's uh, purposeful, though. He admits it's purposeful. It's it's trying to you know it's trying to beat this beat the important yeah. stuff into your brain. I have a very. Um, did you, you think he was an apologist for the robber barons? Is that what you said to me? I did. I think Do you know why. I um you, no, I don't know. Well, he was he was basically uh, he was commissioned mm-hmm. Napoleon Hill his own like kind of stories. He was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to interview and spend time and go travel on his dime. Uh, you know who Carnegie's considered a robber sure, sure. baron, along yeah. with the J.P. Morgans and all these different guys. He had, so he commissioned Hill to go around the world, meet with these guys, converse with them, and to create a book that can give... And it, it took over, like, 20 years to mm-hmm. compose this book um, to interview them and grab, you know, pieces of them and what they're doing and why they were able to achieve success and different things like that and to be able to share this with future generations so that more people can be capable of this. Mm-hmm. Don't just go, go, through, go through the motions of life. Actually, take life by the balls and, you know go and, you know, live their best life and do the most that they're capable of. So I, I, I'm not surprised that he's, you know, necessarily an apologist for these guys because these are the people he learned from. These are the people who funded him, commissioned him. You know, this is where, this is where he gained a lot of his information. So, so I, I, I get why he would have an admiration. So it's interesting because I see the battle uh, between capitalism and communism as... A religious battle, not a political battle. We have it in a political arena, but it's a religious battle. The capitalist, the free market person, they have this idea of human nature. And the communist socialist has this idea that they could evolve human nature. And that, yeah, this is the way it is, but that doesn't mean it has to be this way. And it's kind of this eternal battle. Mm. Um, And it's, it's really theoretical. And in application... Both, when they get to their extremes, are very bad. Mm. Um, and the Robert Barron era was very bad for people. What I kind of disagree with, and he's very that was kind of during like where uh, they had to set up uh, mm-hmm. a lot of like like monop- monopolization. Yeah, uh, and took laws Teddy and Roosevelt rules. to to break a lot of these because you know this idea of like, hey, you know, this, so this is the idea. What's of, the definition of a robber baron? Just for for people who so a robber baron is a derogatory term that people would use for these ultra capitalists who would vertically integrate entire things. So like, look, you know, uh, John D. Rockefeller didn't just have oil; he owned the railways that brought the oil, and then he owned the steel that, that right. made the railways. So like, there's no way you then he used that leverage that money and bought all the oil yeah and then you know then then he bought the politicians you know then he then you know to to uh you know to give back to society he opened schools and colleges and housing and oh by the way we're going to teach everybody that standard oil is right and that uh, manifest destiny is good and that all those brown people in the middle east they don't they're not using that oil out of the ground correctly we got to go help them and you know so there's something to be said for the investment that they made and dra- I think the industrial revolution's a good thing overall but it's not again like we always talk not about perfect. it's not black and white. Yeah. And this idea of you know just because they're wrong makes Marx right is a really big problem that we're having in college today where these guys are saying oh look at look at the evils of capitalism. 
and you know the, like the indigenous community is one of these things that that it's like you know all these rich white people sit there and say let's just go back to the way it was with the indians before the west conquered everybody and it's like it's like the west invented evil somehow like like there wasn't any warring between natives like there wasn't they weren't sacrificing children to the sun god like like it you know this idea there's, of yeah there's flaws everything all, was all a throughout yeah we're you know drum circle all throughout the midwest yeah exactly it's <laughs> it's not black and white no, there's, there's good people in in all and there's bad people in all yes all walks and i think that that's my big takeaway from the napoleon hill stuff is is i don't i don't like the manipulation he's definitely a salesman i don't like being talked to like like i'm a child and like what's he's trying to sell you He's trying to sell you his worldview. And there's not necessarily a bad thing. Not every salesman is selling something bad, right? But it, but I am being sold. And when I feel like I'm being sold, my antennas go up a little bit. And okay. I start listening a little bit harder. And, um, you know, he's pushing people towards what I don't like about Napoleon Hill and the people who are like Napoleon Hill is this idea that everything is under your control and to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Listen, man. Yes and no, okay? In a world, because things like that, when people are like, hey, you're just not trying hard enough, then it, it obfuscates from the fact that credit score exists, right? And this is where the Occupy Wall Street stuff was right, and I also think they were bought, because we went through two years of social justice. We went through this social justice awakening. The word, you know, equality went away, and equity came in, and nobody noticed that difference. Equity means you need to pay me something. I need, I'm right. invested in this. Give me some money. Equality is everybody's the same. Equity is I deserve more than other people, mm. right? If you have equality, we are equality. If you have equity, you have ownership in a company, right? So that, that word was switched in there. Never once in all of this social reckoning was the word credit score ever mentioned did you ever hear anybody talking about credit score ever credit score is the number one determinant of wealth today the number one determinant is your access to credit it's not how hard you can work there's only 24 hours a day it's not how smart you are it's not it's your access so to from credit. what you're saying there again you know me very solution-based yep you should you got to take care of your own credit that's something that's a that's an action you can take Yes and no. Yes and no. Because the system is... And also, when you said about the picking yourself up by the bootstraps, mm -hmm. yes, it's not like everyone could just, you know, pull themselves up and all of a sudden they're going to be, uh, you know, an Andrew Carnegie and have, f you know, 500 million, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can always you can always maybe apply yourself a little more. Sure. You, you, know? can, you can absolutely improve your stead. And that's what I think at the bare minimum is his main... Uh, purpose in these books and that's why I, I like it I like it too and I think for someone in your position where in your world you can control a lot of your destiny in other people's world there's two things that I think there are caveats that I would like to think I think it's good and I think it's overall positive but there are two things sometimes one you are a victim of circumstance and you need to address that before you can even, well, I'm just not working hard enough. You can work as hard as you want. If you're in the wrong situation with the wrong boss, you're not getting, you're not getting the the uh, right. You're, you're not getting the raise. And that's you're one not, of the things I find interesting about uh, Napoleon Hill because in both books he mentions how it's not always about just working so hard that certain things can you can uh, if you have uh, the proper mind state and are mm -hmm. doing certain things you can get into that uh, hypnotic uh, what is it called again the hypno the the cycle the cycle we'll call it the cycle the cycle you can get into that good cycle and you can start uh making things happen w by doing less yeah 
I agree. Um, I, I think the other the other thing is this idea of purpose. Purpose. I think that's. I think purpose is tremendous. Not everybody has it, and nobody knows and how to that, find and it. And then, then, the, then the, you got to find it. Go take some mushrooms and dive in the ocean. And uh, <laughs> do not do, do that. That is <laughs> ahead, not maybe. medical advice. <laughs> do not do that. He was joking <laughs> that he talked about shiitake mushrooms and at least wait a half hour before swimming. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's always the rule. You want. You got to wait uh, before you. You don't want to cramp. Yeah. You don't, don't want to cramp. I go maybe lay in a field after some shiitakes and uh, look at the watch the trees breathe. I think it's very important for people to find their purpose, but I don't, I think that has to happen organically. I mean, what I wanted to do my entire life is something that you know at twenty five wasn't really an option anymore. And then you got to refine another purpose, and it doesn't come to you right away. And no matter how right. much, no matter how much it's meditation fair. I did, praying on it, I can do. No matter how much going to the desert, it, it it has to happen organically. And there's something to drifting a little bit. And man, I would love, love, love to talk to Jordan Peterson about this. This would be like, because Jordan Peterson is very similar in this regard of like, hey. Find find what this is your job. This is your job, man. Find what it is that you need to do in this world and do it. Sounds a little Irish. <laughs> yeah, He's got know. a little touch of the Irish. I can't do the Newfie uh, the, the Newfie accent there, you know. But he, he's very big on hey, find it, find what it is you should be doing and get after it. Right. You know, get up, make your bet. You know, small wins every day. The disciplined life. But then there's Alan Watts, and Jordan Peterson is very important to me. I, I think in many ways Jordan Peterson helped save my life. Mm. But out, but but too much. When's he coming on the pod? I would love to have him on. I would love to have him on. But too much of him, he leaves you unbalanced. Okay. And then I listen to Alan Watts. Now Alan Watts is he's a he's a manifester. Alan Watts basically put a, a white face on Buddhism. Right. He he basically took uh, Eastern ideologies you know the you know some hindu some buddhism some taoist stuff and would explain it in oxford in a very hippie way very fun and jovial way of of um you know speaking and his his whole thing was none of this is important Mm. what are you getting up and making your bed for like we're all dying sounds like nihilism no it's the opposite of nihilism it's it's Everything's important that brings you joy. You should be doing everything you could possibly do to, to, to find joy. Life should be about play. That's his very big thing is, you know, understand that life is about play. Life is about joy. Joy in and of itself is a purpose. Joy in and of itself is something worth attaining. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you have those kind of yin and yang but I think, ideas uh, I where think, discipline creates joy. I th- yes, I, and I think through purpose you is where you find the most joy. For Yeah, maybe. But, but that doesn't mean, like, you have a very clear purpose. You have a very clear set, and that's... You think I'm kind of projecting and being kind of one-track minded? No, I just think that that works for you. And okay. I think that what you are is a good guy, and you're like, this works for me. I'm happy doing this. If you did things the way I did, no matter how hard they are, you'd be happy too. And I think that for a lot of people is Happier good. than drifting, yeah. And I think for other people, that drifting is part of the purpose. I think for some people, there's nothing wrong with going to the woods and living deliberately for five years, six years. There's nothing wrong with, you know, 
going going places you've never been with people that you're never going to see and, and and enjoying the world and learning who you are and who you want to be. I, I you're not the same person at 25 you were at 17, and the sure. idea that you want to get locked in to a career you're going to spend the next 40 years at when you're 17 well, that's, is that's nonsensical. The other, that's the other thing too is like you could be doing one thing while also uh, doing some doing something else that actually you're uh, you know you're you're truly attracted to that you truly believe in. You know what I mean? If you're if you're doing a job that you're maybe you don't like so much, mm-hmm. you can do that job, and you can also apply yourself uh, towards whatever else, whatever what you really want. I agree. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is more semantic. Where, man, it's okay to drift. Yeah, it's, no, it's okay. I mean, I'd I'd be lying to say I I didn't uh, drift at all in, at times. But you also, I mean? we all I, we all there's all even the non drifters have drift moments. Yep. And there's times where yeah you got you need to like find yourself and you it doesn't need to be go 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 productive 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 all the time. There's yep. times you got to have a, a mental reset and you got to have like you know it's your time where you pull back. Well, that that being said, as the great Mickey Gall always says, everyone's a hypocrite. What have I been talking about the whole last week? I've been fucking drifting. Yeah, I got to lock in. Yeah, I haven't been getting the shit done. I need to get done. I've been out here, you know. But just because just because you drift doesn't mean you're a drifter. Fair enough. Right? What, the, what do the comments say about this, guys? Uh, okay. There's, first of all, there's one thing I wanted to tell Mickey is that what you described is very close to nihilism before when you were like, there is no purpose. There is a purpose. I, I didn't but describe the, that. You mean Gerard? You, no, no, no. You did. You talked about that sounds like nihilism. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I just want to say that as a, <clears throat> personally, I am a nihilist and part of being a nihilist is, is that that is nihilism. It's just, understanding that there is no purpose and for that reason anything that i want to be doing is my purpose there's nothing set in stone that i should do it in a certain way of so course. i should do what i yeah, yeah. Okay. that's that, nihilism that's, that's nihilism i want to give a huge shout out also to stephanie wire and ricky ricardo for keeping the chat live c dumps stephanie wire thank you guys so much for sticking with us through the technical difficulties y'all are awesome look up uh but uh stephanie wire by the way had an interesting question earlier uh do you think that religions ever really disappear or that they just evolve into a new version of themselves that's a great question hold on i want to go back to this nihilism thing Mm -hmm. because the, 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 table that, Omri. The, That's a great the, question. The the understanding I have in the definition right here is the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So I think I think, meaningless. So I think the word meaningless has negative connotations, where sometimes it could just mean like there's no negative meaning any either. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no positive meaning and there's no negative meaning. So. But I th- I think if you're you're not taking enough stock in your life, mm-hmm. if you if you think that I think we have biological purpose, we, the, we there's so much purpose in us, and if 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 I think if if you're not feeling any type of purpose, you might need to reassess because not only to if if you don't feel a, a purpose to want to uh, be good to other people, you don't you don't want to uh, up uplift your community and the world you're living in at large. Then yeah, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna feel pretty pretty meaningless. I dig it, but do you need a purpose to be a good person? Do you no, need a but purpose that, that to be is nice? a that is a purpose. So being nice in and of itself is a purpose. You're gonna wake up and be purposeful and, and be, be a uh, yeah, positive. Be, you're gonna, yes, influence in my environment. Yes, I can dig that. Yes, 100. percent I can dig that. Well, what, I, what part of nihilism is that are are you uh, subscribing to? I I subscribe to uh, 
the nihilism put forth by Albert Camus. That's my guy. And that's... Uh, Hold on, guys. We're about to have the most giant, ridiculous fake boobs walk across my screen. If you guys make sure... Did we get them? Oh, wow. Did we get them? That looks like an infection. Did we get them? Did we not get them, Ben? Uh, you're ang- I got I got the lower. Those half. are gotta be e cups or something. That looked like a staph infection. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, go, go. Yeah. Ahead, so, so so about the meaning of life. Uh, yeah, it's just the way that we the way that nihilists define purpose and meaning is that in a, in a religious sense, you are put on this earth for a reason to serve a purpose there's something that you specifically you need to be doing right you have a fate you have a destiny you have a whatever in nihilism what what we look at is you can do whatever you want to do no one's looking over your shoulder to make sure that you're being a good guy no one is going to tell you what to do you need to make those decisions for yourself do you want to be an asshole most people would say no i don't want to be an asshole that's not fun for me that makes me feel bad about myself and if you are given the freedom to be whatever you want to be most people will be just like pretty regular you know understanding good people yeah that's i i believe that i believe most people are good people and and i don't I guess- think there's a predetermined uh any predetermined i mean yeah religious might t- try and give you these uh tenements on what to follow which makes you a good person but the whole thing i'm talking about and that we were just talking about with unwitting the devil is your own purpose is finding your own so this is what i found most interesting about outwitting the devil all right and maybe it's a kafka trap and i'm going to try not to outwitting the devil is essentially a book about being ambitious find your purpose work tirelessly towards that goal being ambitious that is how you outwit the devil the devil is the devil because of ambition. Right. In 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 uh The devil is the fallen angel. Yes. Because he tried to rise to the level he of He wanted to be as powerful as God. Ambition right. was his sin. And here we are in a book called Outwitting the Devil, where the devil's saying the only way to beat me is to be ambitious. I think it's more than am- ambitious, but I think you're correct, and I'd say even even the devil's a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Told the, you. the devil, especially everybody does some hypocritical and, shit. And also now, okay, um, Christians always think I'm shitting on him, even though I genuinely like being around Christians. I enjoy talking with Christians. I think Christians get a real bad rap, especially in mainstream media. I like the most ninety nine percent of the Christians I meet. But doesn't the devil kind of have a point? What did the devil do that really was so wrong? He he just he wanted to rise to the level of God. Sure, is is as, is aspiration a bad thing? No, I don't. In, in in when when we put it this way, it, it almost sounds like God's being a little. Uh, he's like, petty. I like to be, a, yeah, like being a little petty. Like he's like, I'm the guy at the top. Yep. You know what I mean? I I, li- I love all you guys as long as you are below me yeah. and are respecting me. And and uh, Ruslan, who I love, I love Ruslan, and he's blowing up, and he did a phenomenal uh, podcast with us when your yeah, back, check that one out. your back was killing you, and I had the world's worst mustache. Yeah, um, I had done three practices that day, had me <laughs> and and, and, uh, we were hosting and you know Ruslan is is crushing it, man. Big fans of his, even though I you know I don't agree with everything that he says or believes in, and he definitely doesn't agree with everything I say or believe in. But we're boys, and that's something I love, and that's something that that I want to convey to the rest of the world that it's okay. 
It's okay to like these discussions make us better. This isn't this isn't a hatred debate. It's a discussion. And I asked him about false idols, and I said, you know, remember, I, I was like my version because his his God is merciful, and his you know there's and I said. My the God I can't stand is Sky Cop. Hmm. I already have a problem with authority here. I don't want Sky Cop, yeah. you know, like hovering over us with a drone. Like, hey, you touch you touch that one part of your body, you're not allowed to touch it. Yeah. You, know, you eat meat on the one day, you're not allowed to meet. And I'm like, hey, Sky Cop, why don't you give it a break? All right, I'm trying here. I'm doing yeah. the best I can, Sky Cop. How about since you're watching, how about you turn on my metabolism? Huh? What's going on? <laughs> Put the levels up. <laughs> you know, like the 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 idea of Sky Cop bothers me, and this idea of you should not put idols before me you know and i understand his thing is like malik and you can't you you can't you know you can't worship the devil and this idea of all bad things in the world are the devil okay i get it and the satanist stuff weird it, it seems counterintuitive to us like some of the stuff it's hard to tell where my own indoctrination ends sure as to what's right and what's wrong my Catholic upbringing and my Western upbringing, it's hard to tell, you know, when I'm being biased and when I'm not. But some of the, the some of these things, they, they just seem like common sense. All right. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, don't don't well, do these bad things. Right. Like every religion right. at the end of the day is kind of a handbook. Like this is how you should live your life. That reminds me of another thing I liked from un- Unwitting the Devil. We talked a lot or Outwitting the Devil. Sure. Um, we talked a lot about how the school systems and things like that, like, uh, like that, or the religious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, CCDs, stuff like that, yep. where it's, they're, they're teaching, they're almost like teaching you to memorize like st- facts that they're giving you. Sure. When instead he says it should, it should really be flipped. Yes. Where the, the students are, are having their own thoughts and then are presenting their, their thoughts to, to the teacher. Yep. And the, you know, the teacher should almost be the student learning for, uh, from the student, but then also uh, helping helping them shape that and, and progress that. Yeah, well, that's the idea of the Socratic method, right? Like right. They, they ask the questions. But I think we've, we've covered this. And it's undeniable at this point. This, isn't a, this really isn't an opinion, people. This, this is a fact. School is there to tell these kids what to think, not teach them how to think. Right. School is there to perpetuate the power of the state. The state is making an investment in these kids, do you think the state it's doesn't a, want to get something out of it? Sure. Why do you think it's they the want Russian to, soldier system? Why do you why break do you them and think, make them follow orders? Why do you think they want to put people in school earlier and keep them there later? Why? We have less jobs than ever. Robots are taking over everything. Right. We have less work for people. We're talking about getting people to a four day work week because there's just not there's not five five days worth of work to do anymore for most people in most professions. Why, what training do we need to do? Right? What are our kids not getting out of school with the current curriculum that we gotta get them in a year later, a year year earlier and keep them four years later? Right. The next generation is going to be a bunch of 30-year-old PhDs that don't know how to fucking do anything without a phone in their hand. And I know mm-hmm. I sound like angry white guy fucking yelling at clouds right now, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm no different. If my phone goes down, I don't know how to get home. <laughs> how do I get home? I'm a babe in the woods. Sure. If my phone, if, if they shut off the phone tomorrow, I might be dead in a month. <laughs> Can I eat food that's not been refrigerated for three weeks? We'll find out. Yeah. If the power goes off, what do we do? There's this idea, and, and I didn't really realize the difference between intellect and education. 
and how convoluted oh, they it's are. It's tremendous. Until I, I traveled the Midwest with Catfish Cooley, and people think Catfish is an idiot. He's he, he's The way he speaks, his accent, you know, kind of the whole redneck vibe he throws out, that is one of the most brilliant motherfuckers I have ever been around. He is MacGyver. You give him an ice cube, a fucking a, a, a two-way radio, a pair of pliers, and some duct tape, he will make you a go-kart, and it'll work. Okay. You know, he's he's brilliant. Now, he's not going to write you a dissertation on the fucking effect of race on the 1992 only fucking... think that's the only res- sign of intelligence. Know, I don't think so. You don't... Th- I disagree. I think credentialism is getting thrown around more than ever now. You have people... There was a woman in, I want to say, Virginia, or no, it might, might be here in Florida, where she was a teacher speaking at the Board of Education saying, why are we even listening to parents? Why do we even care what they think about education? I have a master's degree. Do the parents have a master's degree? Oh, I'm sorry. It's just my fucking children. Right. I'm sorry, Mrs. Master's degree. I don't have, I didn't go to the Sorbonne. I don't know what, I'm not a culinary expert, but I can tell you when my pizza tastes like shit, this credentialism blows me out of the water because we have, somewhere along the line, and probably probably by design, we have created a society where education is supposed to mean intellect you know you go so-and-so is on you know uh you know so-and-so is on fucking fox news and it's like well they wrote this book and they have these degrees so you should listen to them but like you said there's seed fucking (laughs) there's there's c-grade doctors out there sure but i mean in your business right like if you find somebody walking in there you know swagged out on a blue belt you're gonna think who's this guy credentialism Mm -hmm. we're all prejudging and not necessarily a bad thing we got here by judging that's 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 the lord's work that's the lord's work yeah there he is sky cop what's going on man judging on a certain level right not to be mr negative but negativity is good right like negativity is good on a certain level Right, like your positivity has been a bright spot in my life. I love having you around. Your positivity is fucking, it's magnetic. But also, my negativity is healthy. Maybe not to the level I do it, but also, maybe I'm here because of negativity. My genetics. I think skepticism could be healthy. I don't think negativity is healthy. Somewhere along my genetics, there was a guy who was like, I think I hear something in the woods. And they're like, you always hear something in the woods. No, I, I feel like those are Vikings in the woods, guys. Nah, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go to another town, and then uh, if it's not Vikings, I'll look like an asshole. That's fine. And then you look back, and the whole town's burning. It's like, all right, it was Vikings. Yeah. That well, that's I can, somewhere in my genetics I can, for sure. I can I can specifically tell you where in my genetics that is. That is my great grandmother running away from the Nazis, leaving her entire family behind, and being the only person to survive. Oh, that is man. out there. That's crazy. You imagine that, and you know, can you imagine? I I can't even imagine the the other members of your family talking to her like she was an idiot. Like they're never gonna do that. What have you been reading? What have you been listening to? These are our neighbors. Come on. Yeah. See, I think skepticism and fi- following your your own truth is would be well better put to what your ancestor did than to just say negativity. Because I think negativity is like, oh, they're coming. We're fucked. So that's so. So in your view, acknowledging th- a problem isn't acknowledging a problem negative. is important. There's there's absolutely problems, but then yeah, you got problem solving. So if he's like, all right, no one's leaving, I gotta go. 
Got it. I'm gonna. You know what I mean? So that, we're, he's got to make. He made his own choices. So I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, the acknowledging problems. The inactivity becomes the issue. Yes. The just the you know just the redundancy of of uh, perpetuating problems. Like there's a problem with this. A problem with that. There's a problem with this. <sighs> Interesting. That's yeah. That's pointless. So you're kind of stoic in that regard. The stoic would say, "Don't complain ever." There's either something you can do something about. Or not. There's no reason to ever complain. If, if you have something to complain about, change it. Yes. If you can't change it, shut up. That's the stoic. Yeah. So that's kind of where your mind is on this. Is like, look, if you can make a change, change it. And if you can't, shut up about it. Yeah. Interesting. I guess so. I guess I, I fall more that way. Do you try to go out of your way to find positives in a situation? Do you, do you Are you actively aware if something's negative and you try to make it a positive? Um, like turn a bad into a good. Sure. Yeah, if possible, but I won't lie to myself. Mm. Like I won't like, like I won't like just like you know put my head in the sand and just be like, nope, it's good, it's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's la, good la, that la, la, it's la, good la, that la. this is happening. But yeah, absolutely. I, mm. I even during the uh, the the uh, the lockdowns, mm. I, I I was like, yeah, this like this this is not good. This is a problem. But what do we have now? We're, we're you're given time where whatever you want you maybe want to do that you you couldn't do because you had this this and this to do sure. in the regular operating world whatever pattern you f- fell into for better or for worse mm-hmm. you had time to all right there's this these books i wanted to read there's this could be sleep i wanted to catch up yep. on whatever the you know what i mean like there's there are the this project that i'm i'm excited about i now have time to do that yeah you know and i guess that's where the napoleon hill thing is good it's like hey look you know it gives people who don't feel like they have control of their situation a little pep to like hey look man we're the we're the most powerful being on this earth humans yeah outside the water uh, what do you mean in What's, the water but they nothing. they don't manipulate uh their environment you're talking like that like dolphins that's are supposed f- to be yeah. smarter than us that's a fair point we're, we're much more we're, we're we're so capable we're more yeah. capable than our we uh we think a and dolphin versus a nuclear submarine is probably not going to be in the fair exactly point. that's a fair yeah 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 <laughs> yeah dolphin you think you're smart yeah what do you think about this icbm i'm smart i'm smart i could do flips <laughs> <laughs> and a killer whale huh holy shit yeah, yeah I, I what what do we got in the comments here guys this is i, I like this episode so far this is pretty good what do you got yeah we got we got technical two difficulties we got <laughs> i will uh we got two questions from stephanie wire one the one from before we didn't get to do you think do you think religions uh die or just evolve i think that's a i think it's a very interesting question the second one also from stephanie uh to both of you uh the question is if you died tomorrow and were and were facing god god and god was like all right what was your purpose and how did you try to achieve it what is your answer well uh, for the sake of time, I'll answer the first one. You answer the second one. Right. The, the first one um, is yes. I think that there's something hardwired in us for belief. I think no matter where you are. I'm sorry. What was the first question by her exactly? Do you think religion just keeps – can anybody actually not be religious or, or does it just evolve into another thing that they don't think is religion kind of? Is religion always evolving into some other belief sect? Okay. Uh, which I, I think is Yes. I think people who say that they're not religious, they treat the government as God, and they they have a 
Um, so they, think, it just falls. They treat something else. I think they so. worship something else. So to yeah, speak. I, I think it's a semantics argument. I think that we're hardwired for faith. I think we're hardwired for belief. I think hope is the the essential human quality uh, because you can't have the awareness that we have. We can't have the sentience that we have that other animals don't have without having a hopefulness uh, because it would it would just be nonstop depression. So, and I think faith. Um, is hope it, when it when it comes down to it i think it's a hope for a better tomorrow it's a hope that this is that that you know this is if i do things the way i'm supposed to do it i'll be justly rewarded my family will be safe um and, and i think for some people that's religion as we know it today i think uh for other people in the past that that was religion as they knew it then and i think it as science and and these things evolve many people have their faith in science and institutions in ways that you know our, our ancestors had faith in in religious institutions or even the emperor or deities and and you know so i think that we're hardwired for that i think we're hardwired to believe in something bigger than ourselves now that doesn't mean everybody there's always anomalies there's always you know uh people that are you know um, able to kind of step outside that matrix for sure. But I think by and large, we, we're hardwired as a species for that. Um, and as far as what I would be able to tell God my purpose was. <sighs> and what, yeah, re- reframe that second question too. Well, if, if, if you were to die tomorrow. If you were to die tomorrow and you're sitting there facing God, would you tell him what was your purpose and did you achieve it? Was that it? Yeah, I think that that's that was it, right, Omri? Yeah, it's that. And if you didn't achieve it, then like, why did you fail? Uh, what did you do to try? Like, I needed more time. Um, nah, I I think uh, so. What you you got one for that? I, I I think I didn't I didn't get it done. You yeah, I didn't get it done. Um, and uh, why? What but is what purpose? is what is it? I could I could say I could say mine while you're while you're thinking if you like I would say I mean mine I've I've uh you know I believe in uh hard work I think uh, my like wanted to uh you know de- develop my own character and f- you know face adversity face my fears embrace uh hard things uh to also inspire other people to do the same whether that whether that's um you know in in whatever walk they're in you know what I mean to you know, not be limited and feel limited by things that 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 are cast upon us. That people are saying, "Oh, this is too hard. This is impossible. This, this, and this." I say, forget all that stuff. You, whatever you know, your life is what you make it. And if you know, if it's uh, if it's just making what like someone like feel like feel happy on a on a personal interaction ver- or from you know, uh, in a fight being able to to inspire through there and you know do hard stuff to to develop myself as a man and my uh experiences in the world and then to uh what why I like doing this podcast is then you know be able to impart that share that and inspire others to you know believe themselves face the face their fears you know uh fight through adversity and you know develop themselves to be the best version of themselves well, I think that's brilliantly put and I think I I think if I was to die tomorrow I'd be like could have used more time to yeah, do a whole lot I tried. more good. Yeah, I, I really, I, I feel know. that on many levels, man, where, you know, on, on a very basic level, um, uh, you know, I come off as arrogant and all these things, but I really feel like I, I, if I can do it, you can do it. And, I, and if my life if is... If one man can do it, 
there's no reason why any man can't do it. Sure. And that that's kind of what Anything it is. you see any man do, another man can do. I want my fellow people I genuinely love humans. They're awesome. I've traveled this country up down east west, mountains high, valleys low, sea to sea and every place has been amazing with full of great people. I feel like you're about to sing three songs there. <laughs> ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley I've been everywhere, low. man. I've been sea everywhere, to man. shining sea. I want people, even though this may not seem like it, I want people to believe in their unlimited human potential. I want people to believe that they can do what they want to do. They don't need the shackles that the masters want to put on you. I, I want people to believe in themselves, believe in their neighbors, and live a life free and fulfilling. And if I can be some sort of inspiration to that, if I can put my career at risk and all these other things and speak truth to power and come out the other end, there's no reason that you ever have to feel coerced. Like mm-hmm. you started the, the thing with what are these? What if these kids feel like they had to say that or get in trouble? I want to be the walking example of fuck those people. Mm-hmm. Say what you want to say, my man. Yeah. Say what you want to say. to get you in trouble? That's right. In trouble with who? And we'll just we'll, some other man. We'll figure it out. Yeah, it ain't gonna be easy, but we will figure it out. Yeah. Anything? Any any final thoughts there, Mick? Um, anything else from the chat that's important, Omri? Not right now. No. All right, guys. Hey, on behalf of Gas Digital uh, and Ben Castro and Omri, I want to thank you guys for uh, sticking through us through the uh, technical difficulties here today. We'll make sure it never happens again. And for the great one. The one and only, the king of the ring, Slick Mick, the ruler. Fantastic job today. I am Gerard Michaels. Please, if you like today's episode, tell people about it. Share it. Thank you for our first million-view video. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you guys so much. First of hopefully many million-view videos. Uh, We will be back on Friday, 1 p.m. Use code SNT to watch for free. Take care. Peace.